With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome into the Ken Miller Show. It's Trent Condon, hands off the wrestling coverage. He's not done for the day. However, he's still got plenty to go. We'll get into that. Uh, coming up on the program today, well, it's Friday. No Jason symbol, unfortunately. We yeah. just didn't have a window we could lock Jason in. So we'll have to go inside the numbers next week with uh, Jason. But we'll get our last look at Iowa State. We'll get our last look at uh, Iowa uh, as the clones head on the road to take on K-State. Uh, meanwhile, Indiana pays a visit uh, to Carver-Hawkeye Arena. That game at 11 o'clock tip, Iowa State tips at 1. All right, Trent Condon, uh, I guess a couple of highlights so far, crowd-wise. What's yeah. it been like down here? Oh, it's it's always wild. You know, the, the environment's always great. I just... I, I love walking around the concourse when I do get a free moment, just just seeing everybody. And I run into people from my hometown. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. It's like you haven't missed a meal. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Smart ass. Yeah, I get it. All right. But 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 it is That's a lot good. of fun. It, it's fun seeing, you know, all the people and just the passion that's there. It's It's different than in the barn. That's where I grew up going. It's different. It's not as close. You don't mm-hmm. have people walking down there on the floor level. So it's it's a little bit more sterile, but for these kids, you know, to be under the bright lights. And it's one thing for, you know, the guys that we talk about, the four-timers, the guys that are going to win state titles. But but the kids that more than likely aren't going to place, but just getting here mm-hmm. is such an accomplishment. And getting to hang out with your team and stay in a hotel for a couple of days. and In and, the and, big city. In the big city. I, that, that was me growing up. No, I hear you. We, our vacation, we get to go to Des Moines mm-hmm. or... Hey, go with your friends. Here's your 50 bucks for the week. <laughs> I made it work. I don't know how, but I made it work. It was a different time. But going to Stella's in the uh, Skywalk back in the day. You ever go there? Not to the one in this. Wasn't there another one in West Des Moines? Is that where they pour, pour the milk, milkshake yes. on your head? Yes. There was one in West Des Moines, I okay. think. All I'm right. pretty sure. Yeah, I didn't go. Yeah, there was. For sure there was. I don't remember where it was, but mm-hmm. I remember it was when I first moved here, when I was living in Altoona, I want to say that, um, yeah. That was I do remember that now. That, that was you a big deal. It. That was a big meal for the week. All right, we're gonna go to Stella's, we're mm-hmm. gonna get a milkshake and, and a big burger. And it was I forgot all about Stella's. It's uh it's just such a cool event. And I'm sure there's people listening that don't know wrestling that Well you're talking to one. Yeah. But it's just the environment, just the passion, every, everything that goes along with it. I hear that from a lot of it's people. It's just not trying... what's happening on the map. Mm-hmm. It's everything that goes on. It's being an Iowan. You've been here half your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost. Spend, spend a session. How about yeah. the, the maybe the front tonight's session? That Jets I, I told you Jets before. Colorado. Okay, you got your hot. I got an excuse. They have eighty-one others. Yeah, but it's. I mean, it's not cutting time. We're coming down the stretch. It's a divisional game. Colorado's Again, speaking Red of Hulk. nut. Yeah, JT, JT the, nuts. the Nuts team, yes, right? Yes, I unfollow him on Twitter. Oh, really? Just that night. Yes. Just because, you know, sometimes I'm doing something, I pause the game. Okay. And I don't want to go to Twitter and I'm I'm catching up. And I'm going to guess there's not a whole lot of avalanche coverage you have on your Twitter account. Just, just JT the Nut and sure. his retweets. So I even reached out to him. 
Um, earlier in the season, I said, "Now, because I like the guy. I don't know him. I just like following him mm-hmm. on Twitter. Right? And he follows me. I, I, I sent him a private message or whatever those things are called, and said, now I'm going to unfollow you just because <laughs> I don't want to know. You know, it was one. It was the same night that either the Clones or the Hawks were playing." And I had uh, not had to. I was going to watch them and then cut anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, he's the only one that I, the only one that I followed. Now, yesterday, Trent, um, you weren't willing to go there with me. I think I thought that I was going to win two out of their last three. I'm not sure what Iowa State is going to do in the remainder of their schedule, just because the road has not been kind uh, to Iowa State so far this year, and the road mm-hmm. hasn't been kind to a lot of teams. Uh, that go on the road, with the exception of Oklahoma State, who has sure. wins, of course, in uh, Morgantown and in Lawrence, which is pretty spectacular in their own right. Uh, but K-State, home to TCU, at West Virginia, home to Okie State Senior Day, and then uh, on the road at Oklahoma. So five games left, three of which are on the road. Is this, I mean, the answer is yes, that this is the best case, best chance to win a road game for Iowa State is is uh, Saturday? Uh I, I still think it's the last one. Do you? I do. Oklahoma, they're struggling. They are. They're really struggling. No, I know it. Now, what that team will look like in a couple weeks, it could be completely different. Well, I Trey think Young gets a second win. That's what he Trey Young needs a break. Right. And Lon Kruger kind of figures something else. Hey, mm-hmm. we're going to change it, whatever it is. And I certainly believe in Lon Kruger, I think one of the most underrated coaches sure. in groups. So, uh, but right now, looking at it, it's I think it's Oklahoma. Kansas State. The way they played at Hilton, Iowa State didn't have an answer when they played. No. It was one open shot mm-hmm. after another. That might have been the worst defensive effort. And they lost that game to Tennessee, and maybe that, that felt worse, but I've seen it. Well, Hilton that was, a, a that, that, was uh, that was historically bad offensively yes, for the, yes. the Tennessee game. Yeah, the first time they played was um, you know, right to, during the during the break, right? During uh, during Christmas break, 29th of December. So it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. You were in Memphis. I was in Memphis. I was having a ball in Memphis. Didn't like Beale Street, but that you know, they'll save that. Too. No. We've talked about that. Not yeah. enough Stella? Yeah, they ran out of beer. <laughs> Honest <laughs> to God. They ran out of beer in spots. It's hard to do, you would think. You would think. But uh, but they did. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I think Iowa State can win. They can beat TCU at yes, home. Yes. They can beat Oklahoma State at home, although that game's going to clearly be tougher than you would think. Yeah. That's that's their final game of the final game at Hilton for They're the They're a lot better than I thought they were going to be. Oklahoma State yes, is? Yes, yeah. I agree. Their arrows clearly pointing up. Mm-hmm. It just, just goes to show even the bottom of that conference. Yes. You know, Iowa State's got three top 20 wins. Oklahoma at home, Oklahoma State scalps that they've taken on the road miraculous. Winning at West Virginia and Kansas in the same year, that's not there's not a very long list of teams that can say they've done that Trent. I think Cyclone fans are saying can't TCU bring back Trent Johnson? Can't they just go back to the bottom and at least you can count on those because victories. You can count on that as a win, right? Didn't think. Melvin Edgem set his record against TCU? The the forty, what was it? Forty eight. Forty eight. Yeah. I think he did set. I think. So was, do you think? Are you saying there no, should be an asterisk? No, I'm not saying. No, no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I thought you were going a different direction. No, no, not because of the Trent Johnson era. I thought maybe you, you were going to say, "Can you see a cyclone going off for oh <laughs> for forty plus?" Uh, no, bro. Okay, all right. Let's paint. play. Lindell Wigginton's the only guy on this team that would be capable that of could doing get, that. Uh, yes, this year, this year, yeah, this year. yeah. Donovan Jackson, no, you know, it's it's Wigginton, yeah, because he's uh, he he can create his own shot. Yep, yep. That that would be that. Uh, he would be the answer. Is there an answer on Iowa? Is there an answer? Well, Bohannon, if he gets but forty, but, no, 
No, he would get covered up. I mean, they'd be throwing double teams at him. Well, look what Beeline did uh, back on yeah. Wednesday night. Yeah. They took they took away Cook. They took away Bohanna. Those are the two guys. Now Garza got his points. He had a really nice night. Drake could be Timmer. Of course, he had thirty nine on Wednesday. Yes. Uh, and you and I, they struggle to score forty as a team <laughs> in a game for crying out loud. That's uh, not good. All right, Trent, our final couple of minutes here. I want to go back to what you asked a really good question of Frank Schwab yesterday um, regarding the the NFC North and and who is it more important to the Bears with Ryan Pace trying to make moves, a new GM in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers' window is not going to stay open forever. Jordy Nelson looks like he's at the end, and the question that needs to be answered as far as the Vikings and the three quarterbacks that they have, uh, what are they going to do, and who's going to win out there? That's a really good question, Trent. I thought about it a lot last night. Believe yeah. it or not. It's uh, it's just different because I, I think Frank answered it right. The Vikings, A, because it's quarterback, that's important, but they're so close mm-hmm. where, you know, if Spielman messes this up. And he's know, been pretty good, Trent. He has been, and he has built a lot of goodwill. But if he makes the decision, let's say, all right, we're going to go with Case Keenum. He, he took us this close. Well, if they go with their heart, I think they're going with Teddy Bridgewater because they drafted him and they right. love him. And then that doesn't work because the knee isn't, mm-hmm. or he just he's lost something, or he's skittish in the whatever it is. Then all of a sudden it goes back, and we we wasted this opportunity. We could have got Kirk Cousins, or they go out and spend and get Kirk Cousins. He doesn't get them over the hump, and then they can't spend on their defense. So it's very important. But what happens in Green Bay? Ted Thompson, he's taken a lot of arrows. He doesn't mm-hmm. go after free agents enough, but, boy, he's built a pretty good organization throughout and the And they years. are the co-favorite to win that division. I don't think that they deserve to be, but yeah. I get why they are. I mean, Vegas is nervous about the Green Bay money that's going to come in. Mm-hmm. It does every year, whether they're a contender or not. I mean, they're they're a brand, yeah. uh, and that money's going to come in. Look, How, like, And the, other, the third team, the Bears. How well, nervous should Ryan Pace be if they do go 5-11? and 11, You know, mm-hmm. he's got his guy... Yeah. He's got his quarterback. Does he get another year after that? Yes, I think he you does. You think so? I think he does. I, I like Nagy. I, I think that's going to be a good hire. I really do. I, I think you're going right. to like him too. I, I really so. do. I, I know that so. you're. You're. I mean, that's your team. I understand why you're. You know, tapping the brakes a yeah. little bit from where I sit. I. I, I think you're going to. I think you're going to like that. All right, we've got uh, Dylan Montz coming up. We're going to talk to Dylan Montz, Ames Tribune. Um, look, Iowa State. They are making some change. Some. I guess, upgrades uh, to the north end of the facility. The south end is all bowled in. Not sure seating-wise what they're planning on doing. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe Dylan knows more, and then we'll take a look ahead to the K-State-Iowa State game. Tom Cakert's going to come in here. We'll recap back to Wednesday night, uh, recap the disappointing game against Michigan. And can they win their last three games? Well, they probably can't, but we got to ask Tom that question. And of the three, which is the uh, most likely to go in the win column? We will do that when we continue here. Dylan Mont's coming up next. Uh, Trent and I are here. It's an abbreviated show, as you know. We're here until 2. Back at it uh, on the other side after this timeout. Ken Miller Show, 1700 KBGG. Welcome back. Continuing on here, Friday edition of the Ken Miller Show as we took over from Trent. Uh, I was busy at Wells Fargo Arena. Mm-hmm. So, so um, well, let, you know what? Tell me after, because okay. Dylan Montz is on hold. Let's get to Dylan right now, Ames Tribune, as we take our last look at Iowa State. They go back on the road, K-State. The road has not been kind. Basketball in a minute. Dylan, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Uh, you know, before we get into uh, into the hoops, 
Um, some news was made at the Board of Regents meeting. I guess Iowa State is now um, at least on the drawing board and perhaps out there knocking on doors and trying to raise some funds. Uh, they want to continue uh, refurbishing Jack Trice and are targeting the north end zone. What can you tell us about that, Dylan? This is an aggressive project, uh, but hats off to Jamie Pollard. Strike while the iron's hot, and it's never been hotter when it comes to football. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think really what it comes down to is what Matt Campbell's vision is for the program, and I think um, Jamie Pollard's talked a little bit about it in the past, but like you said, the details came out of about it at the Board of Regents meeting. But really what it entails is just an expansion of the Bergstrom football complex, really kind of creating a new space uh, for the players, an extended space that kind of comes over into the Jacobson building. And it sounds like um, the old building will come down and it'll really kind of change the entrance, uh, the north entrance of of the stadium, kind of how the the Super Benzone um, changed the southeast entrance of of the stadium. So it's really going to be... Uh, a big project. I, I don't know if they really have timelines or anything. Like you said, they're still kind of in the, the fundraising stage, but uh, all of it will come from uh, athletic department operational funds and, and donors and things like that. But really, it's it's an expansive project and something that, like I said, is really going to change the look of, of the stadium in general. Will there be any high-end seating out there? I know right now they've got that group that comes out on the balcony and watches the game from up there, and I guess I really don't know who else is in there during during the games, but will there be any of that, Dylan, do you know? Yeah, I'm not really sure right now. I think um, those are all things they're still kind of working through, how okay. much it'll change the building, how much it'll change the hillsides, and, and things of that nature. I think Probably what the hope is that you can walk probably all the way around the stadium in a loop. Um, I'm not really sure, mm. uh, though. I think they're all kind of still working out some of those details. I, I like that uh, That uh, if they are able to uh, gain access and walk throughout the stadium like that. You know, you mentioned the hillsides. They've always been so popular. You know, with, with the South End now, they're, they're down to two hillside seating sections for the families. I, I hope that those can uh, be maintained, Dylan, uh, because, like I say, it's... Um, you know, you're just used to seeing the blankets and the families and the kids running around out there. Uh, great way to, you know, to accommodate fans maybe at a different uh, income level at that stage of their life with young families. Not sure what the tickets cost, but uh, it has to be one of the lower price points. Uh, I'm assuming that it's very important for them to keep the hillsides, if at all possible. Yeah, I would think so. I think it's kind of interesting. You hear um, some of the kids that went to Iowa State games uh, as kids, some of the players that went to the games as kids talk about their memories on the hillside. I think Alan Lazard even talked about it before. Remembers playing catch on the hillsides and and watching games from there, and how that kind of left impressions. And I think uh, it, it does the same for a lot of kids and families. And like you said, it's an affordable option. I think it will be intact in some respect. Um, like I said, I don't really know if I know how much that that's going to change. And I don't know if they know how much that's going to change, mm-hmm. but. I would imagine it, it's still there in some capacity going forward. All right, Dylan, over to a little bit of basketball. And uh, well, back to Tuesday night, the loss to Kansas. Uh, I saw a tweet, and I'm going to go down a dangerous road with you, yesterday from Terrence Lewis. who yeah, I saw that. We were, cryptic. I'm a big fan of. I'm a believer in him. But yeah, very cryptic. We're trying to get into the mind of a 19-year-old kid. Very dangerous, especially when you couple with on social media. Should we read anything into it, Dylan? 
you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's hard to really kind of get inside the head of a 19-year-old kid. And uh, I've seen some people talk about it, too. And I know um, it can be taken one of two ways. It could be taken him and maybe looking to, to transfer or get out. It also could be taken as um, the people who talked to him about what Matt Long went through as a freshman and score, averaging one point a game and, and kind of being relegated to the bench and not really getting an opportunity until a sophomore year. And he could really kind of um, – the message could also be read as, as a challenge to himself and uh, he's going to be a different player when people see him and he finally gets his opportunity and changes are made. So, um, yeah, it, it's kind of uh, – it, it's hard to predict what, what anybody's going to do, let alone a 19-year-old kid. So I saw it too. It is interesting. Uh, I don't know if I'd read much into it at this point. What uh, what do you think's gone wrong with uh, with his year, Dylan? Is it just the is, is it between the years? Is it a confidence thing? Has he because the coaching staff is trying to insert him at various points, and he just for whatever reason has been unable to to get a foothold uh, as far as playing time. What do you think it is? Yeah, I think the adjustment to the speed of the game it takes guys different times to catch up. Uh, obviously, he was a really good player in high school and. In, a capable shooter. Um, it, it just is it, different for everybody. Um, and I, he has gotten opportunities at time. I think for a shooter, you maybe would like to see him get a little bit more extended time just to hopefully get into a rhythm, hopefully um, knock down a couple shots to boost your confidence a little bit. And I think that's obviously as, as big as anything and as key as anything. Uh, it hasn't happened this year. And kind of like I said, it's the same thing Naz Long went through. And then yeah. kind of uh, reinvented himself or reworked himself in the offseason and came back and is uh, one of the best three-point shooters in Iowa State history. So I think it, it just is, again, and I'm not trying to put those sorts of expectations on him, but it just shows how much uh, guys can grow and change. So I think, um, you know, you, you kind of weather the storm this year. If you're him, you learn from it, um, and, and you, you work like heck to get ready in the offseason for, for the next year when your opportunity might come. Kansas State this weekend. Uh, Kansas having State, a good year, Trent. They are. They they came up to Hilton when everybody was in Memphis and uh, yep. and really put it to the Cyclones that night. I guess it's a fight to stay alive for the NIT. I don't think that's a rallying cry you'll hear inside the <laughs> locker room, but at least for the fan base, maybe a chance to see this team, a realistic goal for the rest of the year. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and it sounds like I don't, I don't think you have to have a, a 500 record to get into the NIT. So you're hoping... You can win a couple more games at home. Um, you, you maybe steal one on the road. You win one in Kansas City, and you're putting yourself in the conversation for it. So it, it'll be interesting to see what kind of energy they come out with at Kansas State. Um, last time out on the road at Texas Tech, they were competitive and played well, but just kind of ran out of steam at the end. And in Kansas, they were, they were good in the first half, but kind of uh, you know faltered or, or slipped a little bit in the second half. So it'll be kind of interesting to see. A, how they come out, uh, like I said, with energy, and B, uh, Nick Weiler bad coming back for a second game, what kind of work he could bring, uh, what he could do for that team. So uh, it'll be it'll be something to watch for sure. You know, Trent mentioned that uh, it was the, the game was played when um, a lot of the Cyclone fan base was in uh, Memphis. You were, I was, um, down there covering the game. Where did you watch it? Were you on Beale Street for on, on uh, the, the 29th of December? Do you remember? Yeah, I think I actually might have been at my hotel. I was um, too. Yeah, I, I was. Just, I, yeah, I Nerds. was posted up there. I wasn't. I wasn't <laughs> down on field. There was a, there was quite a few Cyclone fans at, at my hotel though. So 
uh, a few groans uh, were coming from behind me, that's for sure. Yeah, I remember the game. It was close for a while, and then they just pulled away. Kansas State couldn't miss. Dean Wade was unbelievable yes, in that was. game. I think he's still their leading scorer. I, I believe he? he is. Yeah. Uh, is that, um, you know, Trent, Trent mentioned at the NIT, and you mentioned the, the, the winning record. Um, they would love postseason, I'm assuming, right? If they, if they get that opportunity, they're going to accept, I would think. Yeah, especially if it's the NIT. Uh, right. I, mean, I don't think you go any to the CBI or anything like that, but I think it's just another opportunity, obviously. Um, for for the freshmen to continue playing, get more reps, Lindell Wigginson to to stay out there, Cameron Moore to stay out there, and I know it's not the NCAA tournament, but just to have Donovan Jackson go out the right way because obviously this has been uh, an up and down and tough senior year for him. So just um, it's it, it'll be different if you're playing the St. Bonaventures of the world, and no disrespect to them, but uh, than some of the teams you'll face in the NCAA tournament. But it's just a continuation of the season to kind of like I said, just to uh, Stay out there, um, gel some more chemistry with with the freshmen, and and keep it rolling. And, and like I said, just play a little bit more. Uh, be ready for next year. Great stuff, Dylan. We'll uh, recap it on Monday. Thank you, Dylan Montz. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you. Have a great weekend. Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune. Uh, read the paper online, amestrib.com, amestrib.com. Travis Hines, Dylan Mons, and the entire crew over at the uh, Ames Trib. All right, so what? how long will you be at Wells Fargo tonight? Do you have any idea? Uh, we'll take the year at 7.30 again. So what have you got planning for the rest of the day, Trent? All right. You, so, you've worked all this morning. Yes, from 9 to 1, we had the wrestling coverage. Right. Now we're doing the show. With, uh, thanks so will to you Dylan. and Jimmy B be on? We will from 4 until 6. Okay, and then you're back here to, to Wells Fargo Oh God! from uh, 7.30 to about 9 o'clock. And this is, tonight's round is my favorite. Everybody talks about the Grand March and the finals and the pageantry. Mm-hmm. But there's something about this Friday night session. This was a time... Coming down to state, it was always the most exciting session to go to. Friday night was. Because for whatever reason, our tickets, you're always with your family for the finals and, you know, whoever you got your tickets So you've with. been coming to this event oh. for how long? 30. Are you kidding me? I think my first one, I think I was seven. So yeah, Is 30, that 30 a years. fact? Yeah. We, we, had, we had school off. We had school off these two days. We didn't have spring break in Osage. We didn't, we didn't have, well, we had a good Friday off. Uh-huh. But... Our two days, our winter break is what they called it, were these two days of state wrestling. And everybody from Osage made their way down. Isn't that something? They still get big block of rooms at the Savory and one other hotel down there. <laughs> and it's all Kelly Green and everybody's yeah. out there. But this session was my favorite because these guys fighting to get to the finals. Mm-hmm. And, and some of the biggest upsets have happened in the semifinal round. This is my favorite one. I'm, I'm so excited for tonight. It's going to be awesome. And uh, we'll have the coverage of the 3A semifinal 7.30 tonight here on 1700. Good stuff. We'll have Tom Kakert when we come back. We'll finish up the week, uh, get our last look at the Hawks. Yes, we have to. We're contractually. Well, we're not. But we're going to take another look at them uh, when we come back. Tom Kaker, HawkeyeReport.com joins us. It's the Ken Miller Show. Trent and I until 2, 1700 KBGG. All right, welcome back. Our final segment of the week, another abbreviated show. Uh, only here until 2. Trent Scott, as you just heard, plenty of wrestling coverage coming up, including some uh, real big events tonight uh, from Wells Fargo Arena. We got our last look at the clones with Dylan Montz. Let's do similar with our buddy Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. How are you, Tom Caker, Trent and Ken? Uh, doing great. 
Doing great. Hope you guys are well. Absolutely. The Hawkeye basketball program's sick, uh, Tom, as, you, as we saw this uh, one a couple of nights ago now. Uh, they just struggle mightily defensively, don't they? It was a really nice performance out of Garza. Um, there were some you know, things to get excited about. I thought Moss had a decent game, especially offensively. But this defensive end of the floor, Tom, just continues to be a bugaboo. It's it's amazing because you know the first couple minutes of the game against Michigan, you know I think they kind of surprised him coming out in the zone because that Fran never does that coming out in the zone to start a game and and they extended the pressure they got up seven zero and then it was uh, you know more turnovers than you see in a bakery on a Saturday after <laughs> Saturday morning. I saw your tweet row. by the way, kind of made me hungry a little bit. You tweeted those I, turnovers. I, I know. Just, <laughs> And they they just the turnovers, uh, easy buckets, yep. and um, you know so Fran is right in one respect because it was an inept offense at that point that was and they had what like nine turnovers in about nine minutes of that game and that's going to let a, a good team like Michigan they're going to capitalize on it but then you go back to you know to to me and I, I wrote this during the game and in our game thread, um, Duncan Robinson's probably one of the easier players yeah. to guard in the entire country. He is a standstill shooter. Mm-hmm. He is not a guy who's going to put it on the deck and blow by you. And he just kept getting open shots mm-hmm. and made three in a row, and nobody was within five feet of him. And that's how you lose a basketball game. It, it, scouting report. And, and I remember after the Purdue game, and I talked about this, I think, yesterday, they were talking about guys going our screens. Fran mentioned that. Are the guys not listening to the scouting report? Can they physically not do it? Or is this team just mentally worn down? I, I would tend to think maybe it's the latter, that they're just, they just kind of, um, it's, it's, uh, it's almost like they have intention deficit or something. I don't know. It just, they just, um, they just tune it out. They just get lulled into a um, a sense of security or sleep or something, and they'll, they'll play for you know play good defense for about twenty five seconds, and then it's ten seconds that they just let up. And if you do that, a good team like Michigan is going to move the ball. And that's the other thing that you you would note from the game on Wednesday night is you look at how Michigan moves the ball. Iowa offensively, that ball gets stuck a lot. Mm-hmm. It just does. It doesn't move. You know, Tyler Cook will have the ball for five to ten seconds. Um, Bohannon will have it for a while. Then it's Isaiah Moss has it for a while. It doesn't bounce around the perimeter. It just they don't have um, they don't move the ball. They don't pass the ball as as quickly as other teams do, and that's why they continue to struggle, and that's why other teams are able to exploit their weaknesses on defense. If you stick the ball somewhere and it doesn't move, you're pretty easy to guard. Mm-hmm. Excellent point. Tom Caker to Hawkeye Report uh, is our guest. Well, Tom, let's go in the Wayback Machine as we uh, get set for Indiana, who will pay a visit here uh, coming up on uh, Saturday, what, 1 o'clock tip, uh, Saturday 1 o'clock tip at, uh, at Carver. This was the second game, correct, of the Big Ten slate way back early December. Um, 
This, to me, was when you started to second-guess, at least I found myself starting to second-guess myself at about this point when they were all of a sudden now 0-2 in conference play. Penn State got them on, uh, at home, and then they go to Indiana, to, uh, to an Indiana team that we didn't have very high expectations for. We and you know most of the media that cover the Big Ten, uh, they were 0-1 that had an opportunity to get the 500. As we know, it didn't go that way. This, to me, was when the seeds of doubt started creeping in, at least to me, that, oh my God, we might be totally wrong about this Hawkeye squad. I think you're right because even that, um, you know, the the Caymans thing was a was a big warning sign. I thought, yep, but then, seventh place finish. Uh, but then, um, you know, even the Penn State game that was a close game. It was seventy seven, yep. seventy three, and they're pretty good. And you kind of think, well, you know, okay, that's a young team. They just kind of played really well and, and caught Iowa. But the Indiana team is not that great, and. Um, and they really kind of dominated Iowa. They made them look silly. And look back at the box score for that game. You know who Iowa's leading scorer was in that game? Uh, I don't. Brady Ellingson. Was he really? Boy, I had to guess like six or seven guys before it's I got nine, to. Nine, ten different guys. Maybe so. Brady Ellingson had 16 and Jack Nungy had 12. And nobody Is else that had a double figure. I wow. didn't know that. Crazy. It really is. Well, it's a different team. Still a bad team. That's that's what we know about it. Tom, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this more in the offseason, I'm sure, but is this the most important offseason for this basketball program under Fran? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. I, I think it, that's, that's a really fair statement mm-hmm. to make because he's got to figure out how to reach these guys and uh, try to figure out how to get um, somebody on that in that locker room that's, that's going to kind of be an alpha dog and just uh, kind of be more demanding. Uh, um, I wrote something earlier this week about just the trend lines for Iowa basketball. And you look, in those first two years, yeah, those were building years and everything. And then you look at the last two, but in between those, those four years when Woodbury, Gazelle, and Clements and Fran even kind of talked about it this week after he got asked about it, but the defensive numbers uh, again in those four years are just completely different, and that's when you wonder if it's just because he had guys like Woodbury, Gazelle, and Clements mm-hmm. in those four years that would guard people at the guard position and in the post. That you know, if he doesn't have that, this is kind of the new normal for him, and. Um, it, it shows last year, this year, it's showing again, um, same trend lines. So he, he, somebody's got to step up and, and be that guy that, to kind of lead that team and make defense important. I think Luca Garza I is do. showing some I of those, those tendencies, but he's a freshman. Mm-hmm. That's hard to do. Yep, I couldn't mean, agree with you more. It's really hard to do on a team that's got a lot of sophomores and, and a couple juniors. Yeah, I think this will be Garza's team next year. It's tough to do as a freshman this year, Tom. I'm 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 completely with you. You know, you you're right. Uh, it seems like when Woodbury was there. Um, he had that reputation, right? If you're going to come into the post, if you're going to come down low, you might have to pay a price to do so. And that was planted in the back of opponents' minds. They don't have that this year. I think ours is that guy, Tom. You're on to something here. And he was Woody was just such a good good player in terms of communicating to his teammates. quarterback. Respect, yes, and and they respected him yep. that they knew that they had to do their job. 
But he wasn't a chop blocker. Nobody will no. ever say that, that he was uh, a Lajuan or somebody like that on the back end. But what he was was a guy that just was always in the right position. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, when's the last time an Iowa player took a charge? Yeesh. Well, good point, yeah. And uh, I think it's been maybe December. Somebody <laughs> took a charge, maybe. <laughs> that yeah. was about it. I think I... in the Drake game, there was somebody that took a charge. Um, but that's that's the last time I can remember. Mm, unreal. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, the three winnable games the left on the slate, yeah. I guess that's the that's the bright uh, spot. Um, did they get this one this week in front of the home folks at Carver? I think they, they can get Indiana. Indiana's not been great on the road, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, they're, they're down a couple guys still uh, without Davis, who, you know, had 13 points against them the first time. Um, so I think they can get this one, and then Minnesota is a shell of itself right so, now. Without, and Northwestern uh, stinks. Brayer and and, and Northwestern right. McIntosh hurt his shoulder again the other night. So mm-hmm. if they're without McIntosh, that's a that's a, a team that's uh, imminently beatable. So they could potentially win the last three, but you know, given the way this team has played, Mm-mm. can you expect that? No, I, no. no, no. If they win two, but, do they avoid the play-in game? Do you think, Tom? Do they avoid Wednesday night if they win two? Yeah, I think if they get to five, they're going to avoid it just simply because they'd have wins over uh, the teams that would probably be there with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. You know, they beat the bottom of the barrel except for uh, Rutgers, of course, but they <laughs> they haven't beat uh, anybody at the at the higher level this year. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, great stuff. We will talk to you next week. Thank you, Tom. Okay, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Enjoy the weekend. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. All right, Trent Conan, I know that unfortunately you've got to, well, I mean, it's not unfortunate. Yeah, you you yeah. look forward to doing this. Yes. Um, big, big 10, Big 12, Valley slate-wise this weekend, geez, I mean, specifically on Saturday, not a ton. Nothing that that's got you all fired well, up. Well, West huh? Virginia at Kansas on Saturday. That's a five o'clock tip. It's a perfect time for tip. Hawks will be done. Clones will uh-huh. be finished long ago. Um, so yeah, that one's good. I'm trying to find something else that moves my needle. I really can't. Uh, Oklahoma, Texas, mm, okay. Carolina at Louisville is the night game. Yeah, I saw that. I think if, if ESPN could flex out of it, they would. Well, why? Because of the scandal, or yeah, because Louisville. They're terrible. That's yeah, fine. It's fine. It's Carolina. The Carolina. I blue. know. I know. I, I love those uniforms. Uh, yeah. And then on Sunday, uh, Drake goes on the road to take on Missouri State. Keep winning those games, doggies. Keep picking them off, right? Villanova Xavier. You missed that. When's that game? That's Saturday afternoon at three thirty. Oh, perfect. Because uh, Iowa plays at one. They'll be done by three thirty on Big Fox. The KDSM, big Fox. KSM, so then yeah. that goes into West Virginia at Kansas. Speaking of Fox, they're going to simulcast the draft. Did I, you see that? I did see that. They, that's, uh, yeah, that's got to piss off ESPN because oh, sure. it's NFL Network or ESPN dominated this thing, and a mm-hmm. lot of people still struggling. I, I'm sure. Well, I don't know if that's a fact or not. That the that uh, the NFL has NFL Network has clearance across all carriages. I know mm-hmm. they do on the satellite, but I don't know about some of the smaller cable companies. But everybody gets Fox. Yes, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be pretty cool. I think that there's going to be a lot of people that see the NFL their uh, presentation, the NFL draft. They'll be seeing it for the first time, yeah, and they're just used to watching it on ESPN. And I'm like, wow, this is pretty good. Jay Mike Gl- Mayock is terrific. Jay Glazer. 
Jay Glazer's not bad. Clay Mayer's Travis better. will probably show up and Willie be a rancateur and provocateur. Yeah. And, I could yeah. do without him. Yeah, he. I'm gonna miss small Gruden. Doses. I'm gonna miss Gruden. Yeah, I was over Gruden. Yeah, I, yeah, I know you were. Yeah. Um, and the sports weekend Sunday's the better day of basketball. What what have you got? So you got Drake, like yeah, you mentioned. Yeah. Ohio State at Michigan. Okay. Pretty good. Yeah. Duke at Clemson. Okay. How about Wichita at Cincinnati? Cincinnati's twenty three and two. What's what time is that game? Three o'clock. Okay, and uh, well, that's it. But three top twenty five matchups. I don't feel like we have had many of those. Not on Sunday, but maybe yeah. Sundays were they're starting to ramp those up. Well, look at the schedule came out long ago. They in yes. some cases uh, found their way into it. In some cases, they like to flex their way out of some of these games. <laughs> the one we talked about earlier. All right. Well, um, continued uh, to have fun down here. Thank you. Hopefully, my voice holds up tonight. Seven o'clock. Uh, Seven thirty. We'll be taking the airwaves again. Mm. Jimmy B and TC from four until what six. What tomorrow will time will we be on tomorrow? We got you and I basketball at five o'clock. Uh huh. As soon as the game ends, we'll jump right into coverage okay. so may miss the first match or two but we will take over as soon as the panthers are done with the state finals All and right. uh, we'll get you up to date on everything going on three matches obviously happen at once so we'll try to keep you up to date on all of them i guess i should have asked this off the air are, are we working monday it's president's day well yeah we are i mean you you've had to work an hour a day the last two days that's true I better, yeah. I'll see you at noon. Uh, We'll see you at noon on Monday. Uh, Enjoy the weekend, everybody. It's the Ken Miller Show. Uh, Trent and I are here every Monday through Friday. Well, we try to be anyways, from noon until 2 on 1700 KBGG.